I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. Hi, everybody. I'm Christine Dolan, and this is CDM's Globalist in Plain Sight Sunday show with James Roguski. James, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, we have James, who has been following uh, all of the drama and the political shenanigans and the substantive shenanigans at the World Health Organization since early 2022. And Jim, let's unpack this because a lot of people don't really understand what's going on with the World Health Organization. Now, we, you know, the member states signed the international health regulations, and it was the second round, as I recollect historically, in 2005. And when uh, Joe Biden came in as president, his people at uh, HHS, the Department of Health of uh, HHS, wrote up some amendments to those 2005 amendments. And you found out about them in April of 2022. And then, you know, released it and started talking about it. And you've been on the show several times. And you've been out there, you know, beating the drums on waking people up. Tell us what those amendments actually would do to the um, World Health Organization and its members if they passed. Let's just start with step-by-step step breaking this down. Well, those amendments from last year are a small subset of hundreds of amendments that have followed. So let me try to keep this crystal clear. What Biden proposed in 2022 primarily was kicked to the curb. And in its place, at the very last minute, other amendments were submitted to the World Health Assembly, and on May 27th, 2022, amendments were adopted. And what those amendments do is actually shorten the time frame for the next round of amendments. And so we're currently a little bit more than 16 months into an 18-month period where every nation can reject the amendments that were adopted last year. Now, what Biden was trying to do was to shorten that period of rejection from 18 down to six months, which I know this is, you know, calendar work and it gets people confused. But what they were what they were plotting back then was if 
all of these you know, large number of amendments that are currently secretly being negotiated were to be adopted in May of 2024, he wanted there to only be six months to reject them, which would have gone into November. It doesn't have anything to do with the election, but it would still be within his administration. Well, all right, but that's, that's, the, that's the process. Let's get into the substance there's of one, there's one more very important. There's one more very important piece of it. The negotiations didn't go so great for him. And so what was actually adopted was the change from 18 down to 10 months. So the amendments that are currently being negotiated, even if they are adopted in May of 2024, those 10 months will bring you to April 1st of 2025. So whoever's president in 2025 will have the opportunity to reject these amendments for the United States. All right, but let's talk about the substance here. That's the process, but God knows it's three centuries between now and April 1st of 2025. <laughs> let's talk about the, the you know, what what is it that ever, that the Biden administration and these these globalists at the World Health Organization, what's their ultimate goal here? Let's just lay that on the table so people can understand. Not not the differences, because every member state now can present, can either reject going forward with any of these amendments to the 2004 International Health Regulation, or they can put forth and disagree with other member states. But what is the ultimate goal of the people leading this train and wanting to add amendments? If, if I had to answer that in one sentence, I would say a transfer of wealth. This is not about health. This is where everybody gets confused. It's about transferring wealth. They keep talking about equity. And, and in reality, these negotiations should be in the World Trade Organization, if anywhere. So let me clarify. Well, when you say equity, when you, when you say the World Health Organization, what's their definition of equity? What's your definition of their definition of equity? Um, money. Equity is money. Plain and simple. Okay. All right. So, so what so is it, it, But but you have to have some. You have to have some jurisdiction. Some you know. You have to have some umbrella that it's put underneath. So how is that wealth transferred underneath the World Health Organization? Let's. This, this is this. They are attempting to negotiate in secret. Back in May of 2021, they came out with recommendations that said that they feel that there should be $30 billion a year put into pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. Right. And the current WHO budget for all things health-related uh, is $3.8 billion a year. So it's almost an order of magnitude more. But let me clarify what's going on with the currently, you know, this large package of amendments. Biden proposed amendments to 13 separate articles. Those were mostly kicked to the curb and replaced by a, a smaller set. What that did is opened up Pandora's box with all of the other nations of the world. They were unhappy that the Biden administration tried to ram those through. And essentially what they said is, oh, you wanna change the world health, you know, the international health regulations, we'll show you how to do that. And so they set up a process. So more than a year ago, September 30th, 2022, 94 nations submitted 197 pages, 300 plus amendments that they said, look, you know, this is what we want. And it's primarily, it's a transfer of wealth. If you get into the-, the, the, the When you say transfer of wealth in 197, okay, let's, let's, let's back up for a minute. 
when Biden's Biden's uh, amendments that that uh, you discovered in 2022, okay, when they um, and they had been written in January of 2022, when you discovered them in April, they were basically going to redefine health, turn our health sovereignty underneath the World Health Organization, created with the One Global um, at that point in time. But here's the problem. There were 47 countries going along with it. If you took a look at the list of names, there was Australia, New Zealand, Canada, a lot of uh, uh, Western European countries and some others, but mostly not Africa and not South American countries. But that's the process. OK, so that got kicked to the curb. But again, where are we right now in terms of the substance? What is it that everybody that you think? I mean, there's, there's different sides of the table here. The U.S. wants to do what? And what does the rest of the world want to do? And who's on the U.S.'s side? Well, what I discovered last year was that the root beginnings of the Biden administration proposal back in 2022 was actually started by the Republican Party. And they, they put forth a minority report. They wanted to strengthen the WHO. And so when Biden inherited those negotiations and tried to shove it through in 2022, the other nations stopped and said, look, we want other things. So when the nations stopped Biden back in 2022, it wasn't because they want the same things that you and I want. They want a transfer of wealth. And it literally says this in the documents from developed nations to developing nations. Now, it's really a front for the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. They want multi-billion dollars worth of investments to build out laboratory networks, essentially to you know, possibly do gain-of-function research, but also to find pathogens with pandemic potential that they can turn into profitable countermeasures or pandemic response products. And the relatively poor nations of the world want that investment to happen in, in their countries. Well, it already so is. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. Number one, when you're saying the Republicans were for it, I mean, under under President Trump, and he happens to be a registered Republican, no matter what anybody wants to say, populist or not, he pulled out of the WHO. Okay, that's number one. Number two, during COVID, for uh, countries like Israel, Rwanda, Australia, to, to get access to the mRNA, quote unquote, vaccinations, not, okay, the shots, the COVID shots in those countries and many of these countries, Moderna and Pfizer negotiated with government officials that not only would they get, would they have access to the, to the, to their COVID shots, but they were draconian contract negotiations. And in those particular contracts, I know this to be a fact. Moderna contracted to have two labs down in Australia. There is a lab negotiated uh, with Pfizer in both Rwanda and Israel, and there's other countries. So, I mean, they don't need the WHO to push this. It's being pushed by the, by the pharmaceuticals right now through COVID. So when you say that they want to use the WHO, they have apparatus uh, under the WHO and under the UN, whether it's CEPI or COVAX for the distribution of vaccinations. But let's again get back to, because I want people to understand that, I mean, that's, you know, pharma, farmers doing their negotiations on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the WHO amendments, what is it 
that, that they are trying to negotiate that's on the table now that the public can pay attention to and understand that there are some people that think that you cannot negotiate with the WHO. People need to pull out of the WHO. There, no more money, money, U.S. money should be going into the WHO. And a lot of foreign countries should take a look at not being members of the WHO because of X, Y, and Z. What's the premise of your argument? Of why the premise this is of my argument. The premise of my argument was just made by you with everything that you just said. Those are the things that they're negotiating in secret with the vast majority of all of these amendments. They're arguing over intellectual property. They're arguing over the transfer of wealth. It literally lists, you know, in the documents that um, developed nations shall pay for, you know, state-of-the-art infrastructure in developing nations. This but they already have negotiated. But they, are, but, but yeah, but James, they have already done that with with Sepi uh, and Kovacs and the distribution it's, before, and they've implemented it under COVID contracts. They're not I happy. Mean, this isn't. Why do you say it's done in secret? Well, number one, um, <laughs> all of the meetings of all of the negotiations have been behind closed doors. Since that happens December. at the UN. The WHO is a member of the UN. That happens. Uh, understood. That's not unusual. Un understood. But with the other. Um, pathway. They have shown revisions in, you know, draft number one, two, three, and four, and so forth. So all we have to go with are the 197 pages that were um, made public in December. There has not been a single revised version, updated draft, version 2.0, whatever you want to call it. And last week, they had another round of secret discussions. What they tend to do is they have a little hour or so on Monday at the beginning and a little hour at the end on Friday to kind of bookend what they did. And here's what happened last week. They know very well that the deadline to submit the final, as they call it, you know, package of targeted amendments for consideration in May is four months in advance of the May assembly. Well, the May assembly starts on May 27th. So the week of January 2024. 2024. So the week of um, January 22nd to the 26th is the deadline where the working group knows quite well that they would have to submit whatever package they're going to do. And so they were basically plotting this past week to say, look, we're going to try to skirt that rule and negotiate all the way up to the day before the assembly and drop whatever it is you know, on the table just before. They're basically planning to break the rules because the negotiations are not going that well. They're fighting over money. They're fighting, they're fighting over equity. They say it over and over and over, but yet people don't hear it. They're not negotiating about health. They're negotiating about a vaccine passport, you know, certification network, and that's very important. But the bigger issue is they want more money for the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex to build out all these factories to make jabs and do testing and search for pathogens that they can turn into drugs and jabs. And they're arguing over how to distribute the wealth. All right. So let let so so let's let's back up here. It is not unusual to me if somebody who's been covering the UN and has presented at the UN in Geneva, New York, okay, in the past, 
for uh, on human trafficking. Things behind closed doors is not a big deal to me. It's not necessarily in secret. That's the way that the UN, that's the way international bodies, the EU, the OAS, everybody does it, all right? The public does not see what's going on. But at the Understood. same time, at the, at the same time, because the WHO gets a boatload of money from the US government, which has to be approved by the appropriations and the oversight committees on Capitol Hill, there should be an inclination for people on Capitol Hill to be focusing on this. And when I have spoken to members of the Senate or in the House, they really don't seem to be that concerned <clears throat> about what's going on at the WHO when, when they're asked about the one health, one global health concept being plants, animals, humans, uh, about the power being shifted to the WHO in terms of the secretary director or secretary general and his six regional directors making a decision if there's an Ebola breakout in Kansas that that would bypass the White House sovereignty and then they would make a decision you know, on how to respond to it in Kansas. Why is this not resonating with the American public? And why is it resonating with people on Capitol Hill? Because I know you've tried to, you're trying to wake everybody up. Well, I think it's resonating quite well with anyone who's been made aware of it. My, my uh, experience with anybody who pays attention to what is going on here is they're enraged as soon as they hear about it. But you know, a lack of awareness causes a lack of action. And so um, the issue really going on here with Congress is I totally agree with what you said. They're having these little private negotiations. I understand that in this process, but Congress is supposed to be kept, at least the appropriate committees in Congress are supposed to be kept up to date with what's going on. And it does not appear that that is happening. The deadline for when this is supposed to be made public is the week of January 22 to 26. And from that point, four months into the assembly, it is supposed to be made public to all of the member nations. What they said this week is they're gonna skirt that rule and submit what they submitted a year ago and, and continue negotiating right up to the last minute. And you know, like, like they do in Congress, you, know, you get to see it after it's been voted on. And that's just not acceptable. Well, no, it's not acceptable. But again, that's process. Let's get back to the substance. OK, because <clears throat> the, the, not everybody's in agreement with this. There's at least <clears throat> I forget how many African countries. They're not in agreement with uh, having the WHO use them as experimental labs. All right. No, no. This is where everyone is confused because they haven't read the documents. They want money. To Who, who's that? You're saying the African wait. You're saying the African the African countries always want money. It doesn't matter well, whether it's health or whether it's trade. It doesn't is, matter whether it's infrastructure or or you know the animals. They always want money. Every developing developing country wants money from the international bodies. You've answered the question. That's what's going on here. They want equity. It's built okay. in. Well, that, 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 look, equity, everybody needs to be careful about equity being overused to, 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 as, as an excuse for, for what people it's want to say. It's not an excuse. On, in, in, at the end of November and December 2021, when the developing nations called for a second meeting, they had a second World Health Assembly in 2021, 
the yeah. purpose of that meeting, and they say it over and over and over and over, is equity. Okay, but, but you, okay, but that's that, okay, Jim. Let me set, let me let me back up, okay? Because I, I know this world pretty well. Of course, the African and developing countries want money, equity. You can use any word you want. They want money. That's why we sent Janet Yellen, uh, Kamala Harris. And the first lady, Jill Biden, who doesn't know anything about equity in African countries, over to Africa within the last, I think it's seven or eight months, because the African leadership was saying, hey, you know, uh, if we're going to turn over this health sovereignty to the WHO, we want a piece of the action. We're not necessarily going to go along with what the Biden administration wants. So they unleashed people from our government over to Africa, promising whatever they want. That's how government now works. It's called lobbying government to government, okay? But again, I want you to get into the substance. If this thing passes, what does it look like and why should people be so scared of this thing? And let's, I'll think about that and we're gonna take a break right now. And then coming out of that, I want you to answer that question. I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, an investment advisory practice. I've been an advisor for nearly 30 years, and one of the questions I get asked most frequently is, do I have enough money relative to other people my age? And while that's an interesting question, it's also the wrong question. The right question is, is do you have enough money to sustain your lifestyle for the rest of your life? This is a question you should know the answer to. This is what we do. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our Big Proud American Eagle logo. Okay, we're back with Jim Gusky. All right, Jim, let's go back to what I asked before we went to commercial break. What is, what's the transformation here? Okay, don't give me equity. Tell me what it looks like in terms of the, the, the paint on a blank canvas. Um, you told me to not answer with the answer, okay? This is completely and totally about equity. I know, they but you know what? I can, that's like telling everybody it's about fraud. Fraud has a different, different connotation, different definition, depending upon where you come from culturally, nationally, and the practice within countries. Equity is an overused word. So what does this, if this goes through, if these negotiations go through the way that the Biden administration wants them to go through, what, how does this impact America? Let's start with that first. The Biden administration is already doing the things that are being purported to be negotiated. They've allocated a billion dollars through the National Defense Authorization Act to go to the World Bank's pandemic fund and earlier this year, they have dispersed several hundred million dollars for the um, global health security agenda. They're building biological laboratories. They're building mRNA laboratories. They're, They've they been doing that just, for decades. We have th almost 34 countries where we have- I, I understand. I, I think the issue here is I'm agreeing with you. And the issue is, all of those things that you know the way government works is what the WHO is and, and all of these nations are arguing about. The developed nations want more money and the nations with money want more control over what happens to that money in the developed nations. 
They're having a nice little argument. They're not coming to terms with it. And so they're trying to delay. And so rather than say, you know what? We're not going to make the deadline. I guess it'll have to be next year. They're saying we're going to ignore the deadline and keep negotiating right up to May and surprise everybody with whatever they end up deciding if they're even able to come to a decision. Okay, that's He's process. Gonna... That, that, again, that's process. I want to put process on the side right now for this interview. Just put it on the side. I mean, what you're saying is it's not health sovereignty that they're negotiating. It sounds as if what you're saying is that they're negotiating the in health sovereignty and COVID vaccination manufacturing plants is what the pharmaceutical companies like Moderna and Pfizer negotiated in their COVID vaccination contracts with Argentina, Australia, Rwanda, and the rest of the world. But it sounds as if what you're saying is that the world health negotiations for lack of a better word is really about laboratories separate from manufacturing shots that have to do with gain of function why do they want to put i mean why do they want to put additional laboratories gain of function when there is there is no and when i say this i'm landing it on the word no there is no worldwide regulation of gain of function like there is for nuclear industry. I, in the, in this, so, so when you say that, okay, that is very different from what, what we were all talking about in 2022, when we looked at the amendments that came out of Department of HHS, came out of the Biden administration, when at that point in time, <clears throat> those amendments, uh, even though they were not fully adopted, that I mean, at all, they weren't not fully, they weren't adopted, or they were put on the side. But those- no, that's, that's not 100% true, because they came in with the package and Amendments were adopted that need to be rejected by December 1st. All right, but the focus, wait, Jim, let me finish this. The focus of those amendments were turning over the health sovereignty to the WHO. It didn't get into the gain of function. No, land no that is, that's, not, that's, that's not what those amendments were, were doing. No. Those amendments are a tiny little drop in the bucket compared to the flood of amendments that the developing nations submitted. I'm talking about the Biden administration. I am. I am, I, I am. Those amendments are not what people in the media have been presenting them to be. They I read the amendments. I read the amendments. They do talk about the health sovereignty. They do. I mean, I mean, it, it seems to me that there may be two tracks here, okay? One to turn well, there's over. Actually, there's actually three in, in, in this sense. If, if I may summarize it, what happened was the Biden administration pissed off the third world by trying to oh, ram course. through. Of course. And so, they, so they have come back with hundreds of demands. Who's that? All of the, the nation, 90, 94 nations that submitted amendments are these the 94? Wait, 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 stop. Are these, when you say they, are, they came back because they got mad at the Biden administration, are you talking about the 46 countries that were in agreement with Biden administration's no. First Amendments? Are you talking about additional no. people, additional countries there's, came back? There's 94 nations in total, many of them collectively in various organizations, back on September 30th of 2022, submitted 200 pages almost, 300 amendments. And they basically said to the United States and everyone else involved at the time, 
you want control over us. Well, here's what we want. We right. want money. And, and so this is not being driven by the WHO. This is being driven primarily between Global North and Global South. It's an argument between the haves and the have-nots. And the have-nots don't care that the mRNA jabs are murderous, you know, weapons of, you know, biological weapons. Well, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. There, there's a lot well, of people I've talked to in the South, and the government's The very people important. who are involved in these negotiations don't care. They want the money to build the infrastructure to manufacture these products so that they can have a piece of the pie. That's the that's the manufacture. Okay, so we, we, Jim, we got we got tracks here. Okay, we've got the manufacturing plants for the COVID vaccinations in the future because the goal, and we know this to be a fact, the Biden administration through the Office of Science and Technology has confirmed, and it's in writing and it's in their documents as of September 2021. The Biden administration goal is to have a mandated seasonal coronavirus vaccination, whether you think it's vaccinations or not, in the future. That is their end goal. And that Absolutely. means that if there's a new coronavirus that is discovered, you know, they want to add that into the next coronavirus. So it's an ongoing economic business model. Yes. Uh, and then we have the pharmaceutical companies who create what I call the countermeasures. These are the COVID vaccinations, um, so-called COVID vaccinations, the gene therapies. And they are negotiating into those contracts with foreign governments, uh, having labs. Then you have, and then there's a second track to it, what you seem to be suggesting now. And that is for the, what I call the predict project grandfather laboratories because we already have 34 countries that have these you know these these bat labs like they do in Wuhan um the developing are you, are you suggesting I want to hear this this is a yes or no are you suggesting that the that the, that the people in the southern hemisphere want to have labs in their countries because some of them actually do that Ebola was found in West Africa and now it wasn't on the equator. They clearly, they clearly want the in all of the things that you just said. I absolutely agree. They want the, the those functions to be under their control. They want developed nations to pay for the infrastructure to build those things in their nations so that they can profit from them. Why would we do that when there's no regulations worldwide about any of this 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 uh, coronavirus? That's why that's why I wrote the peoplesdeclaration.com. That's exactly the point. They shouldn't be negotiating any of the things they're negotiating. They should be negotiating an end to gain a function research if they want to stop the next pandemic. It's all misunderstood by almost everybody. This is about money, the things they should be negotiating, they're not. This is just a big venture capital prospectus for people who can profit from investment in developing nations to build out the very things that you're talking about. So do you see, do you see all this, the shenanigans going on at the World Health Organization as a cutout to go around um, not having any regulation, international regulations and safety protocols for the gain of function? And just, I mean, is, is, this, the, is this the cutout game? Absolutely. And the things that they should be regulating, they're not. 
and the things that they're not authorized to do, this is what they're talking about. We're, we're in very much agreement. Okay, well, well here, now, now here's another thought. The same, because we've interviewed a you know, number of people that are involved in the coronavirus sure. hunters um, program and have been for decades. The, the, <clears throat> they are the same people, the coronavirus hunters, the bat woman at Wuhan, that's what people have to think about. These people that go to bat right. caves, that nobody on earth goes to except for people looking for the, the, the bat coronaviruses. They bring them back to the labs. They figure out how to humanize. They humanize the mice. <clears throat> they take the coronavirus. They, they try to you know, do their Frankenstein science and see if it is transmissible to human beings. They, they have labs in about 34 countries that are connected to this. The PREDICT project under USAID in conjunction with many countries, not just the Wuhan lab, but, no, but Norway governments and everybody like that have been involved with this. They even had labs that were in the Ukraine. Metabio was owned by uh, Nathan Wolf, who's part of the coronavirus uh, club, as I call it. They are the same people that have come up with the concept of the one health, one global health concept, which is plants, animals, and people. And they want to put it underneath the WHO. So, you know, I, when you say that, you know, it's morphed, this was always part of the game to me. I don't see how there's anything different from what it was at the beginning of 2022. The only difference is all of the developing nations went in on the profits. Well, of course they do. Of course they do. That's I mean, what they're, that's what they're negotiating. But yeah, but the problem is who negotiate see this this is the issue about how the real world works as opposed to the international body bureaucratic world works you have to have a governing body <clears throat> that oversees the regulation of coronavirus hunting business however because if if not then we're going to have i mean we're going to have another disaster we are we, we are on you and I, that. you and I, I, you know, I think this happens in New Jersey a lot. I have a lot of friends. We're we're violently in agreement. The the governing body under Article Twenty One of the World Health Organization's Constitution is not the WHO, and it's not the Secretary General, and it's not the Secretariat. The governing body that should be writing those regulations is the World Health Assembly. 194 delegates from the nations they're failing to do what you and i think they should oh, they, they, i don't see do. i disagree doing i disagree with you i don't think the who should have a damn thing to do with writing any regulations for covid industry hunters anybody that does anything in the lab i don't think anybody should trust any of these people at the who i i, I agree that we should not be privy to this and they should not have been given the power but they are holding these negotiations under the aegis of Article 21, which lists five things, and those are regulations for these very things. Now, what they're doing is not what they should be doing, that everybody thinks that they might be doing. What they're doing is exactly the opposite. They want to turn, as you put it, you know, pathogen hunting into a growth industry that they can profit from. It's insane. Yeah, but they have. It's been in operations for over 20 years. They, they want to they 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 do it. The problem is that the cat's out of the bag and everybody knows it's a disaster and it's well, dangerous. They're, they're trying to do it through the international health regulations. They want to put it into legally binding. All right, so there's only one option. This. We're, there's only one option. Yeah. Everybody should pull their money out of the WHO. 
Absolutely. Where you stand. Absolutely. Where, so, no so what's 100%, your 100%. I, what is my what? <clears throat> you have a petition. Tell us about your petition. No, I have, I have no, I have no petition. Um, there, there will be soon a petition in Canada, um, about exiting the WHO. There is no process in the United States for an official petition. What I've been promoting is Andy Biggs's legislation, HR 79. You can go to exit the WHO.com. Congressman Andy Biggs. Congressman Andy right. Biggs. With Congressperson Andy Biggs. Um, we still have yet to have one senator um, copy Andy Biggs's legislation and submit it into the Senate. But so far, there have been 52 members of Congress who are co sponsors. To exit the WHO, I can summarize it in 15 seconds. It would tell the WHO we're leaving, it would stop giving them money, and it would repeal the legislation that put us under their constitution in the first place. If we stop okay. writing the checks, they're hurt. Now, Gates will keep on giving they're them hurt. money. Gates is going right. to prop, Gates profits off of vaccinations or gene therapy shots or whatever you want to call these shots connected to coronavirus mm -hmm. hunting. Uh, industry and uh, and for those folks who do not understand this on our website and this is at one of our globalist shows I interviewed Dr. Dennis Carroll I, July 2022 we put it out there it's 90 minutes he huh? is one of the people who oversaw the predict project at USAID for years he is part of the Verone project and this is the private public partnership now in bed with Peter Daszak, Joanna Mazitz, who oversaw the International Consortium of the Scientists, and they're part of the coronavirus hunters uh, industry. And this, this industry actually creates the dynamic. Um, it's, I mean, it's a very interesting business model. They actually go out into places where humans don't necessarily go to find these species and then they take them to the labs after they humanize the mice to create that which is transmissible to humans. And then they're the same people working. And that, cre that creates a market, a market that we have to have a countermeasure for. And then they create with the, with the intellectual property database of the coronaviruses that nobody on the earth owns as of now, which they may be negotiating. <clears throat> right now, it's kind of open source for everybody. But... They then turn around and it's a benefit for the pharmaceutical company because they then turn around and create the answer to the virus that these guys have created in the lab. I mean, it's it's Frankenstein. It's a Frankenstein business model. And so that's how we end up with these coronavirus shots with the goal by the Biden administration to have seasonal mandate mandated seasonal coronavirus shots going forward on the planet. I mean, this is. This isn't policy. This isn't government bureaucracy. This is this is uh, it's worse than capture. Because even Dennis Carroll has admitted on camera, this is a very dangerous business. There is no regulation. I absolutely agree with you. They're trying to enshrine it in the international health regulations, which if adopted, do not come back to the Senate for adoption or approval or ratification or their advice and consent. It is only can be rejected by the leader of a nation writing a letter of rejection. And they're also negotiating a framework convention to throw tens of billions of dollars into that industry 
set up a conference of the parties with the bureaucracy to run it off into the future forever with a framework convention that we would have no say over the protocols. You're absolutely right. It's worse than you could imagine. What they're trying to do is take all of the things that you're knowledgeable about and work them into the legislation, well, not legislation, but the amendments to the regulations and, and the new document so that they can enshrine it in, inter, in an international agreement. It's yeah, but, but but this this isn't going to hold any water. I mean, this is going to be like a rubber band that can be bust, that can snap. I mean, because the, the, it's just about money. They're just transferring well, it's, no, money. It's about, of course, everything's about money with these people. They they they, they commodify the human race to, to do this. But at the same time, it can snap because it's a business that isn't regulated that is so dangerous it should be shut down and nobody on earth should be doing this. What is Biggs? If, if what is Biggs's piece of legislation call for? Pulling out. Um, HR seventy nine is the page and a half I just described it. Um, we'll leave our membership, stop giving him money, and repeal the legislation from nineteen forty eight that got us involved in the first place. But it's inadequate to stop this Frankenstein monster, you know, industry that they're hoping to invigorate, you know, and and make biological weapons research a globally enshrined aspect of international well, law. They've been doing it for 10 years. These people just woke up on the Hill. And the reason why they probably don't have anybody at the Senate is because, and let's just put the elephant out there in the room, the Pharmaceutical um, Research and Manufacturing Association is the national lobbyist in Washington, D.C., that they probably have given money. And there's probably five members of the Senate and the House that have received Less than a hundred thousand dollars, but even Mitt Romney got you know three or four million dollars through the course of his career up on Capitol Hill. There's a whole slew of people. That's that's why a lot of these guys don't want to talk about it because it's an embarrassment. And for all those state legislatures in the United States, as well as in the provinces and other countries like Australia, you have a lobbying apparatus that is doling out money to all of those state or provincial politicians at the same time. That's why you have somebody like Mike DeWine in Iowa during 2021 offering a lottery for people to get, you know, their shots. This is, I mean, it is, it is a pay to play. It is a special interest. It is pharmaceutical buying people, commodifying people and using them as a punching bag for injections based upon science that is created by madmen and Frankensteins to create a market for the seasonal mandated vaccination. I mean, it makes me crazy when I think about it. Jim, what is it that the average person can do? Um, step number one is to become aware and help other people become aware because this is all masked by, oh, you know, they're negotiating to stop the next pandemic, when in effect, what they're doing is trying to build out the very industry that would profit from the next pandemic by going oh, out and, and, create and, and create it. Exactly. And, and so that paradigm shift of the mind, right? Once that happens, okay, people are on fire. They are just riled up because they're not addressing what we all suffered through for the past four years, they're planning to make it so that happens over and over and over and over again. And, and so step number one is that paradigm shift, you know, that taking of the red pill, so to speak, where you wake up and you go, holy crap, they're not doing what they should be doing. They're doing the exact opposite. Well, yeah, but why would anybody- 
But but I have a question. Why do you think that the WHO is going to do what they should be doing when they really didn't do anything in the past anyways, other than take money and profit from it and allow people like Bill Gates and all these investors, including pharmaceutical, to use that organization as a cover to, to create misery all over the world for a pharma industry? I mean, wh- why? I don't have any expectations to you that the WHO is going to do the right thing. Not they have at all. proven and to me without a, without a doubt these people are incompetent. They're not bureaucratic incompetence. They have no moral compass. Absolutely agreed. And so, you know, step number one is awareness. I mean, there's a million things going on in the world and their quiet little meetings where they have, you know, these discussions in their 200 page documents, you know, they boggle everybody's that's mind. bureaucracy. I mean, people get impressed I've, by that kind of stuff, but that's bureaucracy. I've, I've, I've Boiled they do down. that at Monsanto. They do it at DuPont. They do it at a corporate level. They do it. In, in, and none of this would be happening but for the lawyers in the room. Every time that there's an institutional fraud cover up or advancement to to harm people, none of this gets done without lawyers. They did it in the Catholic Church. They did it in the Boy Scouts, you know, for the sex scandals. I mean, it's the same model over and over again. I mean, at this point and, in time, so, I'm surprised we and, don't have prosecutors in the room. Well, they're lawyers as well. And so the point is, um, last this past week, okay, they, they, they wheeled out Stephen Solomon, you know, their legal counsel to basically, def, you know, explain how they're going to try to extend the deadline to keep these negotiations going. Because quite frankly, they're not going all that very well. You know, I think I've summarized it relatively well in the peoplesdeclaration.com, where you, once you get to the awareness that what they are negotiating is an increased risk of the next pandemic under the guise of pretending to want to stop the next pandemic. And what they're doing is exactly all of the things that you just mentioned. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean that sincerely. Everything that you said is what they're doing. They're just arguing about who's going to pay for building it out and who's going to profit from it but they're pushing forward an agenda that would, you know, make pandemics, you know, an ongoing regular thing because it's a profitable business model. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's billions of dollars in the back pockets of people who don't give a damn about the human race or anybody else's kids or grandkids or future generations. Absolutely. James, keep us informed. I know you, you're working on this night and day. Come back if you get some more news. Um, I think these, you know, I think we're at the point now where people need to get off the bench, get informed, get involved. Can they do anything? That, I mean, with your um, declaration, what, what should they look at? Step, step number one. It? Step number one is take this video and share it with everybody because the the confusion that everyone is suffering from, from media, alternative media, politicians, propaganda, all that sort of stuff. That's on purpose. That's on purpose. You realize that. Oh, my God. That's to keep everybody crazy so that they don't understand it. If if you get people to watch this video and get their heads screwed on straight so that they understand this is bio-warfare, and they want to fund it. It's bio-weapons. It's bio-weapons. And what we call... This is so interesting. I remember asking one of the people in the health movement if they were involved with, you know, countermeasures for bioweapons. And they started to argue with me about the difference between offensive and defensive. Okay, well, bioweapons are bioweapons. The intention of bioweapons is to kill people. That's the way it works. Okay, and 
at the same time, then there's the countermeasures for it. And that's the, that's the pharmaceutical ginned up industry of making, whether they're gene therapy, mRNA vaccinations, or, you know, swabs, uh, you know, for your mouth to define something. Mm -hmm. It is all part of the same, it's bad stuff. And nobody owns this. That's what's so extraordinary. It, nobody, they have collected so far in the coronavirus industry, 1,200 coronaviruses that they can pick from, and they still want to expand it to more hunting for coronaviruses. It's wild. It's a wild business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And James, thank um, you very you know, much. Anything you more you want to add? Appreciate it. Anything more you um, want to add? You know, it, whoever's watching this, if you don't share this video, you're actually censoring this information. And that's really the problem. The media is not going to talk about this. The alternative media is not talking about this. And if they are, they're messing it up. So, you know, get some clarity, share this information with everybody you know. When people wake up, um, they will take action that's appropriate for them wherever they may be around the world. But nobody's going to wake up if nobody gives them the wake up call. So maybe this is people's wake up call. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, Jim. Good to see you again. Come back anytime. We really appreciate it. Thank you.